everyone, and welcome to episode 357 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Seth Fred Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going today, Richard? Hey, Seth. Doing well. Recovering from a Thanksgiving Day weekend. How are you doing? Uh I, I I am also recovering, but it was a, it was a good holiday weekend. Got to uh, catch up with some family and stuff, so it was super nice. But we're not here to talk Thanksgiving. We're here to do a podcast, and before we do, we got another co-host in Krim. Good morning, Krim. How are you today? Morning, Seth. Uh, also, kind of recovering from the same weekend, so. Uh, so anyway, uh, today we got a couple of interesting topics. By surprise today, we got some Unfinity spoilers. The new unset doesn't come out until April Fool's, so we're like five months away, four months away, some pretty long time. But we got a article from Mike Rosewater. We got some spoiler cards in it, and it's kind of interesting compared to un- uh, past unsets. So we're going to start with that. We also want to talk a bit about the modern ban list. It's something I've been thinking about a lot, and whether some cards could maybe come off the man list now that we have Modern Horizons 2 in such a powerful format. So we're going to talk about that and then answer some fish mail questions. So that's the plan for today. But before we jump into it, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And Card Conduit, you've probably heard about them from us before. They are a great way to sell your magic collection. And they're offering a new service that's geared towards selling smaller batches of valuable cards with a reduced service fee. With their curated shipment service, you can sell your cards for the best available buy list price with only a 5% fee. And just like all of Card Conduit services, with a curated shipment service, you don't got to sort your cards or grade your cards. None of those hassles. You can just safely package everything up and ship it out, and you'll get a detailed report with all the results. You can check out Card Conduit's curated shipment option as a way to buy list up to 150 cards with fast processing, optimized prices, and the low, low service fee of just 5%. And you can even get another 10% off by going to cardconduit.com gold fish card conduit they're the easiest way to sell your magic card so thank you so much to card conduit for supporting the show and let's talk some unfinity so richard we got this uh early spoiler today what do we find out about our newest unset all right so like you said april fools of 2022 so quite a ways out this new unset is dropping and they've done away with silver border Uh, They've decided that there will be cards in the set that will be Eternal Legal, so that will be Commander Legacy Vintage, and then there will be uh, what we traditionally know as Silver Bordered, except now they're Acorn cards, and the way you tell what's legal and not legal uh, in the formats is the the holofoil stamp, like the, the little stamp at the bottom for Mythics and Rares, will be an Acorn if the card is Silver Bordered. And it will be a normal uh, little hollow foil thing if it's eternal. So that's the new gimmick they have. In addition, uh, they have 10 full art basics. Um, they have planetary space lands. They have orbital space lands. And then they have borderless shock lands, all 10 as well. Uh, so that's coming. Uh, so let's get into the cards. We have five cards that they talked about today or they revealed. Uh, but we'll start with the acorn card, so we'll get them out of the way quick. Uh, assembled Ensemble, four generic, uh, one white, so five mana value, star six, artifact creature, clown robot bard, vigilance, its power is equal to the number of robots you control. Whenever you cast a spell with an artifact creature in its art, 
create a 1-1 white clown robot artifact creature token. So it references art uh, in Oracle text. Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't know. It's, it's Excited it's to play fine, Silver Border now? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not an especially funny card. Like, I guess clowns are kind of funny or scary depending on your opinion of clowns but i don't know whatever like ugh, i uh, it's very close to a card that you could print in silver border like i guess you can't by the rules reference uh things in the art uh, that just wouldn't work because how do you know what is what is an artifact creature in the art there'd be some debate in some legacy tournament somewhere whether you know this actually is an artifact creature or whether it's something else in the artwork so i get why it doesn't work but you could just say whenever you cast an artifact you know spell artifact creature spell make a token and that would have been a perfectly fine black border card that th there's so many types what <laughs> i'm still i'm still like trying to like co like comprehend that we have clown robot <laughs> it, it's, mm -hmm. it's time you can I make mean, a clown deck now um, i mean <laughs> unfortunately i can't like so you can't play with the acorn cards. No, Ac acorn is silver border so if your commander group allows you to play silver bordered cards then yes you can play it but um so the, the funny thing is, remember last time we had a silver border set and rules committee is like for one week, you're allowed to play silver border <laughs> cards. I don't know if wizards strong armed them to do that this time or not. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, that was, that was wild. Next, next card, uh, killer cosplay, a single green. It's a mythic equipment. When killer cosplay becomes attached to a creature, choose a creature card name with an identical mana cost. That creature becomes a copy of the card with the chosen name until killer cosplay becomes unattached from it. Equip three. <laughs> I love the this card. Art, the this artwork on this is amazing. This card's so sweet. I mean, obviously it's not legal. Uh, it's like a game of like mental magic or something because it rewards you for <laughs> for knowing the name and mana cost of uh, <laughs> of as many cards as possible because uh, because the more cards you know along with their mana cost, the more options you have of what you can turn this into. I don't know. I haven't really thought in depth about what like combos would exist for. I'm sure there are some sort of combo and I could definitely see why they wouldn't want it to be black border, but it is a really neat design. This car is so I mean, I, I just love it. You can just turn your creature it. into any creature in like the history of magic, right? For four mana, three mana, you can just move it around. <laughs> also, I don't know. I don't know if you realized if you look closely at the art, it's a it's a grizzly bear that is cosplaying a ptarmogoyf <laughs> because they both have the same mana cost. <gasps> Oh, I didn't even I know that was I a Tarmogoyf. I mean, that, that's... Yeah. <laughs> interesting. What? I thought that was just like an alien like, like tracksuit or something yeah, like no, that. It's, it's a Tarmogoyf. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's a Goyf. <laughs> All right. The last acorn card, which is the buy a box promo, which is not marked as an acorn card in the original Watsy art that they released, but Morrow confirmed it's an acorn card. Okay, so it is an acorn card. Water gun balloon game, two generic mana, artifact, rare. <laughs> when it enters the battlefield, each player puts a pop counter uh, on zero. When a player casts a spell, move that player's pop counter up by one. When a player's pop counter hits five, that player creates a 5-5 pink giant teddy bear creature token and resets all pop counters to zero. So this, why could this, this is not an be acorn? legal? 
This yeah, is, yeah. This hold is, on. So it's 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 not an acorn as far as art, but apparently it is an acorn according to Watsi, which oh my god. I could go on a little bit of a rant about this system, which I think is absolutely horrible for separating the legality of these cards. But what makes this card not safe for black border? Like I yeah. don't really the, the teddy bear is pink. Pink is not a magic color. Okay, that's that's uh, step one. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe something to do with like counters. We don't have counters that count up, right? In, in magic oh do we no we have we have to yeah there's definitely like there's gotta be we like add I, counters. I can't think of a card off the top of my name like but, loyalty but, <laughs> but there's gotta be do we i don't know i think like we don't have counters that track be. for different players and like you don't control other players counters i mean it is weird it is a weird card but it feels to me like a other than the pink giant teddy bear which obviously they could have changed that to another color even though it would make it slightly less funny i guess uh but it feels like a card that you could play in a tournament. I don't know why you'd want to play it in a tournament, but I could imagine this showing up in a commander game and being just fine. Yeah. Like, outside of, like, the pink thing, like, everything else is fine. Yeah. Is this a fun card? I don't know. Would you play this? <laughs> this is I mean, it's it's a... I think it's a bad card. Like, it's... So I guess you could build around it, and maybe that's how you get the advantage, but it's another one of those cards where, like, you're the one that's spending the card, you're the one that's spending the mana, and then theoretically everyone gets uh, advantage out of it, because, uh, you know, any player can get the token if they get up to five counters first, and then it resets, so I don't know why I why you'd put this card in your deck, other than just playing it for fun, or if you're, I guess, some sort of, like, storm deck, like, you play this, and you're trying to storm <laughs> off, and you make a bunch of five fives all in the same turn and give them haste or something. Thing, so I don't think it's especially good, but it's, it's okay. I'd rather have like forty goblin tokens or uh, you know I, like two I, teddy bears. But, but, ser <laughs> but seriously, but seriously, Richard, what would be funnier than like winning in Legacy with <laughs> with giant pink teddy bear storm? Like that's just a hilarious deck name. Like I wish it was, <laughs> I wish it was tournament legal just for that. So so I could do a friend against the odds deck or something because it would. It has to look really hilarious. Goblins are so 2015. <laughs> Pink teddy bears. They're the they're the new goblins. All right. Let's yeah, way cooler to look at. Cars that you can play in the next Legacy tournament, okay? Uh, so these are Eternal Legal. Uh, they either have no stamp. Uh, so if they have no stamp, that means they're, they're Eternal Legal. Or they have the regular oval stamp, okay? So saw in half. This, two in a black. So instant at rare. Destroy target creature. If that creature dies this way, its controller creates two tokens that are copies of that creature, except their base power is half that creature's power and their base toughness is half that creature's toughness. Round up each time. I love this card. <laughs> this card is this card is so sweet. This is a card that I will play in a lot of commander decks. So it's obviously, when you first read it, you think, oh, why would I ever want to cast this on my opponent's stuff? It's a horrible removal spell. And that is true. You don't really want to cast it on your opponent's stuff. It is a horrible removal spell. The trick is to use it on your creatures. Like, you're playing commander, you play your Moldrifter, you draw two cards, then you kill it with this, you get two more Moldrifters, you draw four more cards. So I think, or like Solemn, like killing your own Solemn, sure, you don't care that your Solemns are smaller. It's not about attacking and blocking with a Solemn, but you get two more lands out of your deck. When they die, you're going to draw two more cards. So I actually think this has potential to be really good in Commander. Like, I would play this, and maybe it's the decks I play. I just love those value-y, dirtily, Panormonicon-style decks. But in that style of deck, if you got a decent amount of creatures with ETBs or death triggers, this actually seems really powerful. Yeah. Or, like, any, yeah, like any, any ETBs, dice triggers, stuff like that. You get more copies of it. I mean, 
I don't hate that at all, actually. And or or if you want to like duplicate your blood artist, so you have more pings to deal out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're uh, if you're hitting creatures that care about having power and toughness and attacking, it gets uh it gets a lot worse. You don't want to use it to get your Voltroni style threats, but with things that uh, have abilities that work based on other things, I think this card is actually really powerful. I also saw someone mention a uh, worm coil. <laughs> worm yep. coil seems pretty insane with this. Kill the worm coil, get the tokens, get two more worm coils. Those die, you get the tokens. So I think that a lot of commander players will play this. <laughs> this this feels pretty staply to me. The, the problem is we just did our or spot removal tier list. There's a lot of good spot removal, right? And you're competing in that slot, but like this can double up for like so much value. Like hitting a worm coil with this is like jackpot and like that's not that hard to do. Uh, and, and this does stop you from like dying. Like if someone's attacking you with something, like you can't actually use it as removal and that will like fade that attack. So I think this is actually Are a there any card. <laughs> Are there any specific commanders this works really well with? I'm trying to think, like, what is the... Uh, there's got to be some synergy with a commander somewhere. The problem is your commanders are all legendary, so getting two of them isn't really helpful. I guess it's a way you can keep your commander on the battlefield through, like, a removal spell. Your opponent targets your commander, and you target with this, and you get the token copies, and you still have your commander's effects on the battlefield. But I don't know. I don't think it really competes for a removal slot, though. I would consider this more of just, like, a synergy card. I think if you're building your commander decks, I would not go, like, cutting all my removal spells to place on half, because I think if you're targeting your opponent's stuff, you got to be really desperate it's got to be like i'm literally dying on this attack type desperate because you're giving your opponent two of the things that you know are theoretically killing you so i don't think you even want to think about this card as a removal spell i think that's like the the one percent of the time uh, <laughs> where things are going really wrong and you're super about to die then you can kill your opponent's stuff but i think you're playing this like 99 of the way to kill your own stuff i've died playing it 99 my removal slots <laughs> i'll show you <laughs> yeah I, I, i'm it's, cutting it's, that like last <laughs> removal for, for this right like I, all i need to do Please. is just fade your attack untap and wrath right like i don't um and what a, this works really well doubling season like there's a lot of just random synergies right like imagine you had a doubling season right you would actually get like double the tokens you get four etbs like this thing is just kill my own kakusho <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can take advantage of the legend yeah. ruling with Kakusho. That actually sounds really sweet. I like that. All right. The the last eternal card is the Space Family Goblinson. Two red and a green four mana value. Uh, it's a 1-1 one, one legendary creature, goblin guest at uncommon. The Space Family Goblinson has trample as long as you've rolled three or more dice this turn. When you roll a die, put a plus one, plus one counter on the space family goblins in <laughs> that's uh it's pretty uh, like that's pretty high mana cost but i guess i do enjoy the artwork it's pretty cute i mean i feel like this is this is probably sweet for some sort of die rolling deck and it is a legend which is worth mentioning like you can build around this if you want to as your commander uh it is pretty slow but there are cards that let you roll quite a few dice we just got a ton of support uh in adventures in the forgotten realm so if you do build around this and play all the die rolling cards this could get pretty big i imagine you playing some sort of like voltron dice rolling type deck with this card also weird that guest is a creature type i think this is the first and this isn't this is not an acorn card this is a real card so i'm pretty sure this is the first guest in uh in magic so i guess guest tribal <laughs> incoming more fun on guest oh this, my god th this is literally a boomer card so i had to look up 
Space Family Robinson. Okay, that's the reference. It's Swiss Family Robinson, right? Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. My, and, okay, my parents that, made me watch that movie a million times. 1962. Was the, <laughs> <laughs> 1962 to 1982. They published 59 issues. Uh, what was the? I wasn't was even. Movie? I wasn't even close was a, to being alive at that time. <laughs> it's like literally a boomer reference, right? Like actually. <laughs> so yeah, like interesting. All right, so those are all the new cards. What do you guys make of the set? Like, what do you are you excited for this that they've added the ability to play these cards in Commander? What What do you think of the Acorn Stamp? I I like that you can play the cards, some of them, but I think the system is a little confusing. I think instead of Acorn, they should have just left the cards silver bordered that we couldn't play with, and then like everything else can just be black bordered. And that, that makes it a little bit easier, but because now I'm looking for a small acorn, uh, it's a little bit more confusing. Otherwise, uh, it, it does, the fact that now that there are cards that I can actually play, um, I do, it does add a lot more interest for me, at least when the set drops, right? Because normally I just skip over the, the unsets because they don't matter to me. I, I don't even read the cards. I don't even pay attention to them. I might play a draft with friends and, and that's even then, right? But now that we have things that I can actually play with, I care a lot more. Uh, and also I know we mentioned it, but like, holy wow, the shock lands are cool. Uh, the space lands are cool. So the artwork on these lands are absolutely amazing. So I, I, I definitely want the orbital space lands. The shock lands are like just, okay. I don't think I need the breeding pool, but I do want the watery grave, the Grixis color ones. Those are so cool. I mean, you, before, like it almost was like you had to like go out of your way to get these cards like altered, you know, to like look Star Wars-y. But some of these just look like they're straight up just Star Wars. Right, like like Steam Vents kind of looks like the the planet where where Anakin uh, becomes or like loses his limbs to like Obi Wan. And if anyone tries to yell at us for a spoiler alert, I think you've got like fifteen years. So I, I, I at this point, your 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 buffer window. <laughs> Come on, Chris, I was on episode two. What are you doing? Oh, I was working my way there. <laughs> isn't Sacred Foundry like the Death Star blowing up? That's the it, first thing I thought of. Yeah, it kind of looks like yeah. It looks like Star Wars vibe. <laughs> yeah. it, it, yeah. But with a spaceship. With a spaceship. Yes. Yeah, space damnation. It's like outside of a black hole, right? And and like like Overgrown Tomb is just literally a broken down spaceship. And and you know like all of these look amazing, right? So yeah, I I, I kind of so love that. Like I'm in love with these lands. And, and, and like Hollowed Fountain just straight up looks like you know, they're on like either Hoth or something like that. And then uh, it, obviously the space planets, uh, the basics are just, oh my God, these are so gorgeous. Bumping ground is Dragon Ball. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> blood, blood Crypt looks like a blood moon. Like I, like I don't yeah. Know. It's pretty but cool art. It's Blood Sun. Blood Sun. Yep. The, the lands, the the lands do look really good. I have super mixed feelings about about this set. So on one hand, I know why they're doing this. They're doing it for just what Crim said. Like he's interested in the set now, when normally he would skip it over. I think the same is true of me. Normally with unsets, I like going through the spoilers. I like reading over the jokes one time, but then I never buy it. I never play with it. So adding real tournament legal cards suddenly makes this a set that I have to pay attention to. Because 
because maybe I want to play a card in Legacy. Maybe I'm going to put it in my Commander deck. I we already saw that with Zon Hath being a card that I'm definitely really interested in playing in Commander. So I think that from that perspective, it does make the set relevant to a wider audience like more people are going to care about this unset because some percentage of people are like me and crim that just check out of unsets because they're not legal anywhere on the other hand oh my goodness this acorn system is it's absolutely horrible like that is <laughs> it's ridiculous I, I don't think we want to use this little tiny hologram that no I, I never pay attention to i don't know anyone who pays attention to the hologram it's just kind of there like you after you look at a lot of magic cards you don't even see the hologram anymore it just kind of like you know blends into the background i don't think you want that little tiny hologram to be what determines whether a card is legal to play in competitive formats or not i wish they could have kept with uh, the silver border i guess maybe there's printing issues Issues where with how they do the sheet printing uh, you can't have different borders on the same sheet or something so maybe there's printing issues I'm not aware of but I still think you gotta have something that's a little bit more in your face like in the past when we've had not legal cards and legal cards in the same set stuff like masterpieces or Strixhaven mystical archives the cards that were not legal in standard looked really different if you open a godless shrine or you open a you know a Strixhaven brainstorm or whatever you know it looks way different than everything else in the pack and you're going to immediately know something's up something's different and you're going to have to figure out you know can I actually play this card the hologram just is not obvious enough so I think we're going to have a lot of issues with legality with these cards people not knowing whether or not they can play a card because other than that little hologram they look exactly the same well we already see the confusion with wizard spoiling an acorn card with the non-acorn hologram for the water gun balloon game promo so uh, so yeah I know why they did it but I don't really think the the solution to their problem of wanting more people to care about unsets was an especially elegant or good one. Someone needs to let their pet project die. And I think that someone <laughs> is Maro because he like loves unsets. They don't sell, right? Like, yes, like there's some percentage of players that play them, but they just do not stand up to like a normal like master set or like a normal uh, like standard expansion set. And we know this, right? Time and time again, they have to put a gimmick in to get people to buy them, right? It started as full art lands. Uh, then it was like, okay, we'll have to add shock lands, right? And then now they're like, okay, we'll just make some cards uh, eternal playable. But like this, this hollow stamp thing is like terrible. Like, you know, even in our internal chat, we, we had this discussion, like what is legal? What is not legal? Why is it like this? And why is wizards confuse themselves? And like, can you imagine like secret layer? Like, what if they secret layer this thing? Where are you gonna put the Where are you gonna put the acorn? <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it's it's just so confusing. And like, is it worth it? Is it worth it to make a pink teddy bear? Like, is it worth it for a you know artifact creature in its art? Like, what is the point? And even if you wanted the chase um, commander cards, you're you're buying like half a pack or something, right? Like, you're you're gonna open a pack and like. A majority of it is like silver bordered cards, acorn cards that you're not going to play. So you're going to end up paying more for this, right? Like they, they should have just kept it acorn. And if people don't buy it, then just don't make the product. Like why do they have to like jam in like these staples into there so that we have to buy like cards we don't want, right? Like I thought this was like this product's not for you year, right? Like why don't they just say like this product's not for you? If you don't like it, like, go, go away, right? This is for acorn players, right? Like why do they need to make legacy players and commander players like come in here. And what's going to end up happening is they're going to drive up the price of these boosters 
And then the people, the casual people who are supposed to play this won't play it, right? Like, I'm not going to pay full price. Like, if, if Silver Bordered was like 50 cents a pack, I might play it, right? But at like normal pack prices, I'm not playing it, right? And adding in like more staples and, you know, fancy shock lands and stuff just like drives up the price for people who actually just want to play Acorn. And they have collector boosters this time. Who's Who is going to spend $250 <laughs> on a collector no, booster no, 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 box? No, 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 Etched foil sacred foundry or whatever, right? <laughs> I'm going to just straight up buy the singles. There's no way. Like, like eight, oh, oh, no, 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 no. $250 on, a, on an unset? That's unreal. <laughs> oh, good good one Grim. good Thank one you. i also Thank wonder you. if we even need unsets anymore with how normal black border magic has gotten a lot more unsetty like we have wild creature types we got a lot of jokes thrown into the cards we have uh, die rolling dice rolling is like black border now when it never was before squirrels were in black border a lot of like the the traditional things that wizards did in unsets is happening in normal sets now you know several times a year so do we still even need unsets or do we get enough unset uh, tropes in our normal magic cards these days? So I almost wonder if, I don't know, uh, if we even need unsets anymore. It's called Magic Arena, digital only mechanics, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like if you want to experiment with these, like, yeah, just put on Arena, right? Like, it's super easy. Uh, you can cost them low. You can get actual data. Like, you can actually see if people are playing with the cards rather than just guessing, you know, are people buying this because they love playing with like clown art or because they just want shock lands? Like, I don't know. How are you going to tell, right? I think the other concern with this set is maybe it doesn't sell very well. And then the legal cards can end up getting very expensive. Like uh, like the saw in half that we were talking about. Let's say that ends up being a commander staple. But let's say everyone's like, why am I going to spend $100 on a box where most of the cards aren't actually legal to play? I'll just pick up the single then the supply of this could actually be pretty low and the playable cards could actually end up being pretty expensive. Yeah. Anyway, any other thoughts on uh, on the unset before we move on to uh, to our next topic? All right, so I've been thinking a lot recently about the modern ban list. Uh, I actually have a an article that's going to be coming up in a video this weekend talking about it pretty in depth, but I, I want to ask uh, both of you about it. So here's what I've been thinking. There's a lot of cards. The modern ban list is huge. It's 47 cards, but a lot of those cards have been banned literally forever since the start of the format or for like a decade now, 2013, 2015. We're talking five, 10 years in the past. And one thing we've seen recently is is modern's a brand new format. We were talking about it last week, where most of modern these days is, uh, is cards from the last couple of years, cards from Modern Horizons 2, cards from Ikoria, cards from Throne of Eldraine. That is really what the format is about at this point. So a card that was banned in 2015, or has been banned since the start of the format, I'm not sure it necessarily still needs to be banned. The power level of modern is so high and it's so much different today than when Birthing Pod was banned or Splinter Twin was banned. I actually think we need to have a, a real conversation about maybe unbanning some cards. Like, cause some of the cards, when you read them, it's kind of funny these days when you think about Ragavans and Urza sagas and everything that's going on in modern. You're like, wait, why <laughs> this is banned? Why, why is this card on the van list? So what I wanted to do 
is uh is ask both of you about some cards on the modern ban list and see what you thought about the the possibility of unbanning them would it be wise would it be unwise and these are all cards that have been banned for a while so uh, we're not talking about okos and omnath and cards that were just banned in the last year or two my assumption is if you were just banned you're probably still going to be broken you're already competing with the throne of Eldorains, original modern horizons a lot of really powerful stuff and you were too good for the format so i'm mostly interested in cards that have been banned for a while and i want to i want to get your take on them so uh are you down with talking a bit about the modern man list oh yeah let's go all right so, shaman. so all right card, card, <laughs> all number, right. card <laughs> number one i made a i made a list i made a list of cards that i have been thinking about and i think there's at least some debate to have be had about unbanning them and i want to ask you about them card number one actually a little cheating here it's actually five cards and those are the original artifact lands so if you're not familiar with these cards uh there's one of each color they come into play tapped their artifacts they tap to add their color of mana that's it it's just a in a, a basic planes or island whatever that is actually an artifact we've got a bunch of other artifact lands recently we got the the dual land cycle in modern horizons that are indestructible and come into play tapped we got treasure vault uh, we have dark steel citadel do you think that the original artifact lands are are they still too good for modern yes wait what do they even do <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like just, the they're combo? just artifacts. But, like, it powers up your cranial plating? Is that what we're afraid of? Or is there, like... Your Urza Sagas mm, tokens? Ravager, Ravager, cranial plating, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, your Saga token? No, no, saga no, 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 token. no. I mean, they come into play tapped. Are you willing to do this? What? The, no? The, the, the old ones come into play untapped. Oh, they're untapped. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. They are monocolored. Yeah, they are destructible, unlike all the other artifact lads. So you can just you can just blow them up, or you can get got by a Karn or a Ancient Grudge or whatever. Unlike the the more recent ones that they printed that are all indestructible, I think that balances them to some extent. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of artifact hate. Do you really do you really want to risk playing an artifact land that turns on your opponent's nature's claim as a is a sinkhole or whatever? There is risk, at least. I think they've already accepted that. Like, I mean, like playing an artifact in in modern, you know, you accept that the risk is going to happen, right? So, but like the upsides are just absolutely wild, right? Like they for for an artifact deck, which I guess is like cool if you know you you're an artifact lover and whatnot. But I don't know anything that powers up an Urza Saga doesn't exactly make me happy. I mean. <laughs> So Hammer Time is the most played deck. I, I think when this when the artifact lands are banned, people are like affinity this, affinity that. Like people don't even play affinity uh, anymore. I I actually think it's fine. Like yes, they'll get more powerful, but is it really the end of the world? Like you know, you're, you're still scared of their Urza Saga, right? Like you're not scared of their artifact land. Like their tokens are slightly bigger. Your your cranial plating hits a little harder. I think it's actually fine. I actually. And I think I agree with Seth that there's a lot of artifact hate nowadays and you are opening yourself up to that and you're one Shatterstorm away from like <laughs> losing it all, right? So <laughs> no one fine, plays actually. Shatterstorm though. <laughs> I would if you everyone was playing that. artifact lands. Mm. Yes, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, oh, I, I'm kind of in the middle, honestly. Like I, I think there's arguments on both sides, which we're kind of hearing here. Like I do worry a little bit about like, is Arcbound Ravager going to be way too good or whatever? But those decks are pretty far down in the meta. Like, Hardened Scales and Affinity are, like, tier 3, tier 2.5 right now. So even if they do get better, 
maybe they're just like tier two and that's perfectly fine. Maybe that's actually a good thing. So I don't know. I, I think it would be interesting to see what would happen. I'm definitely not as scared of them as I used to be. I think the format's so much more powerful these days. There's no Mox Opal to power up affinity that I think that if there was ever a time to talk about unbanning them, it's it's probably now in Modern Horizons 2 Modern, but we got a big list. Let's move on to the next card. This one. <laughs> This is an old school one. Blazing Shoal. Blazing Shoal. You can exile a red card from your hand to cast it for free. And you give the cre a creature plus X plus uh, zero, where X is the mana cost of the card that you exile. It's part of like the disrupting Shoal cycle. This is a card that was banned after the first modern Pro Tour because people are playing it in Infect. The original Infect deck was full of Progenitus's Dragon Storms. And the idea was you play an Infect threat and you hope you draw a Progenitus that you can never cast. And then you hope you can exile the Progenitus targeting the Infect threat with your Blaze and one-shot someone. Is this still scary in 2021? Are we worried about Progenesis Dragonstorm Infect X taking over the format? Is there something else this card can do? What do you think about Blazing Shoal? I, I I think this is fine. And if there if there's an Infect deck that can punish like non-interactive decks and kill them like on turn two, that's amazing. I don't know that you would like, play like, this card. <laughs> like yeah. I think what? Infect can kill you with two cards today already, right? Like scale up and something like. You're, you're putting like progenitus in your deck to yeah i don't know i think you, you might actually be making your deck worse like <laughs> i agree with crypto i don't think it's that scary right like maybe yeah like it's this, the, this is fine. It's a side grade maybe it's a slight improvement but like in fact can kill you with two cards today right like it doesn't matter yeah i i mean i i died to, uh, on turn two with two effects free though right <laughs> really so you can you hold can't. up double blossoming defense while you fire off your blazing shoal though right i guess that's but the you difference. can't that's, that's true cast this on your best infect threat for and crusader <laughs> oh that protection protection from blazing shoal <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really think that Infect would be worse with Blazing Shoal. Maybe I'm wrong, but when I hear play four Progenitus's and four Dragon Storms in your Infect deck, my first thought is just cast a scale up. Like, we yeah. have so many good pump spells today. Do you really need to fill your deck with stuff you can't cast? So, I don't know. Maybe maybe Prowess is what makes it scary. Maybe just, like, pitching a, a Fury or something in your Monastery Swift Spear Prowess deck or Kiln Fiend deck. Like, maybe that's what makes it broken, but I don't know. This card doesn't scare me very much and i'm someone who's very scared of free spells all right next up we got a good one death right shaman death no. right shaman banned <laughs> back in 2015 because people were using it in their jun deck to ramp into their putrefies or whatever a turn earlier richard you're the jun master should we free death right i don't know so so death right is interesting no. right it's ramp it also <laughs> hits on lurus decks right you can now exile things out of the the graveyard as well it's such a fair card though right like are we worried about fair like you're like everyone's just playing lures decks right and you will play a lures death right shaman deck you're not ramping into um you know liliana's and hunt masters or anything anymore right so is this card actually good i i don't know or is it like another jace the mind sculptor where it's like very annoying in mid-range mirrors but other than that it does kind of nothing um, this card is very good this card is very good. What? With I mean, fetch is, lands, all of it. Like, it's like, good oh. in certain matches, right? But there are certain matches where, like, this does nothing. You're going to get killed by a Colossus Hammer anyway, right? Like, so... I, I don't know. This I mean, okay. You might, you might have named the one matchup where it doesn't matter, but I feel like you, if you play a creature at all against that deck, then 
Hammer Time doesn't care about it anyways, right? So, like, that that one is, isn't exactly where it's going to shine. It's going to shine everywhere else, though. I mean, it blocks and, you know, Monkey. <laughs> is that is it, okay, okay? Is that the okay, main that's role? True. Like, would you would you rather turn one death right or turn one monkey? That's the question. Turn one death right, then dash and monkey next turn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, if you you had a choice of playing two cards, you're playing Jund <laughs> or something, right? You had the choice. I think you would Ragavan. You would monkey, right? Ragavan. Yeah, yeah, 100% I would monkey. Ragavan. So yeah, is death like, right, like, you're just but, jumping but with comparing the death, right, now, death right? right to monkey is not exactly, uh, you know, that's not exactly the same. Monkey is kind of absurd, right? So falling a little short of absurd still means you're pretty good. <laughs> uh, I I actually feel pretty strongly that we should that we should unban this card now. Like, here's my here's my argument. It was banned back in 2015. In 2015. What was the next best one drop in modern? Grim Lava Mancer? <laughs> Something oh. like a Goblin Guide? Like, this was the, the 10 out of 10 one drop in a world where the next best one drop was a 5 out of 10 or something. Now we got Ragavan, we got Esper Sentinel, we got Dragon Rage Channeler, we got Monastery Swift Spear. There's a million busted one drops these days. And Deathrite, it doesn't snowball into a win like Ragavan. Like, sure, like if the game goes 10 turns, it's probably, and this sticks on the battlefield somehow, it's probably going to win you the game like very, very slowly as you exile away the graveyard. But I actually think this would just be another good one drop in modern. I don't think it would be broken. I don't think it would be bannable. I think it would just be like, on par with the Ragavans and Dragon Rage Channelers of the world. And I can even see an argument it's going to be the hero of the format because it lets you hate on the Luris decks. It lets you hate on the Graveyard Against Murktide decks or Dragon Rage Channeler decks. So I can almost see an argument that maybe this would just be like the good guy of the one drops in the format because it's really slow How? and fair. It's going to be put in the same deck that you just mentioned, Ragavan <laughs> and Dragon. So now they'll, they'll like the idea of a two drop is just a, a, like a, a meme in itself. Self, right because now every card will just be one mana and, and then you'll and then you have loris as the top of the curve and you'll just reoccur a bunch of one mana. and like tarmogoyf is gone uh, that it'll actually be gone along with everything else that okay, is okay how about this grim? we we unban deathrite shaman but then to even out we unban mental misstep Mental misstep no. would have to actually be unbanned. It would actually you cannot have to unban be mental misstep because every deck starts at fifty six cards, right? Yeah, and then you, you just well, get to mental misstep wars, and that's like, what's the point of like you just reduced everyone's Aha, death by four cards? Three fairies says hello, you win the game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Mental Misstep is one of those cards that if, if you never saw it in action and you just read it over, you're like, wow, this would be great in modern. Like, this stops the monkey. Like, this, why why wouldn't we want this in the format? But then if you actually go back and, like, watch a legacy match from when it was legal, oh, my God. It, it really, somehow, this one mana Phyrexian mana spell, it really just warps the format. And just like Richard said, it really is, like, first people play Mental Misstep to stop the Ragavods, and then people play Mental Missteps to stop their opponent's Mental Missteps. And then some people just, like, stop playing one-drops altogether to try to get around the mental missteps. And it really does, like, just warp the entire format around it. So, yeah, I, I, it would probably be a bad idea. Although it would be nice oh. to uh, be able oh, to no, counter no, Ragavan no. in every deck. 
Yeah, like I, I, I think I think mental misstep at this point. If we're in the world of unbanning death right shaman, we're unbanning mental misstep. <laughs> you you let that bad boy on the into the format, that okay? Because because right? I'll play my death right shaman backed by four mental missteps against your four mental I, missteps. I'll get my death right shaman either way, right? <laughs> Unless I have a removal spell to back up that. <laughs> As and long as as long as it's not a fatal push or an unholy heat, because yeah, yeah, the mental misstepped. <laughs> oh, but you know that'll be fine. It'll be fun because then every little interaction, if if the, if the whole mana, like the whole format's gonna be one mana, then every game will just be highly interactive. And by the by turn two, everyone will be like be spent because they've used every card in their hand. <laughs> Can you imagine? Get, get, get your chalice of the voids now. Man, that life, oh. you, you lose life. You like just like out tempoed your opponent. I was like, oh, so good. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to another one drop. Well, one mana play, and that is Glimpse of Nature. Glimpse of Nature, one green mana. Whenever you play a creature spell this turn, you get to draw a card. Has never been legal in modern. Was on the initial modern ban list because people were afraid of its power in like extended elves or standard elves back in 2008 or whatever. What do you think of the possibility of unbanning Glimpse of Nature in modern? Please let me just see an elf deck. That would be very very <laughs> fine. Like it. I, I don't think this card matters. Can, can we play like what is Nettle Sentinel legal? Is the, Nettle? Yeah. So you do have the the druid, the, those the elf one drop combo pieces druid. to make mana. Yep. Yep. Okay. Hermit so you would be able to play elf ball. You can play elf ball. Would it be good? I mean, elves is like tier three right now, probably if that. Like elves is pretty Glimpse low in the meta. Glimpse it up so. though to tier two. Glimpse. Glimpse would definitely improve it, but I think maybe that's another one where maybe it's a good thing if elves was a little better because yeah. elves are just like so bad right now. Give me the glimpse. And we do have <laughs> we have multiple two mana versions, Rite of Harmony, Beck Call, and none of those have other than the window where Brain in the Jar was putting Beck Call into play. Like none of those have ever shown up in modern. So we know that that effect's not good enough at two mana. I say try it. This is one I actually mentioned on Twitter and people were talking about. And the one thing I hadn't thought of. That is maybe the most convincing argument for not unbanning it is if there is a glimpse deck, you, it takes very long terms because you play glimpse and then you try to make a bunch of mana and try to draw through your entire deck. And a lot of people are like, eh, it's probably fine on power level, but I just do not want to play against my opponents taking like 20, 20 minute glimpse of nature turns. So I want to ban that for long. that reason. No, <laughs> you, you run out of steam quite fast when you glimpse, right? Either you drew more elves or you didn't, right? And it... I, I, it's not like eggs, so I I don't know I don't buy that argument. But I played against Elf Ball decks before, and I think they're fine. I actually don't think it'd be too strong, but they they should try it. This one's close. Yeah, I I think it could be worth trying. Let's move on and do another green card. Get the green cards out of the way. Green Sun Zenith. Green Sun Zenith. Uh, one and X tutors out a green creature from your library with mana, uh, with mana cost of X, and it shuffles back into your library. Traditionally scary because you have flexibility. You can get a Dryad Arbor on turn one, so you get a Llanowar Elves later. You can get a Primeval Titan or whatever. Do you think this would be a positive that would maybe let something like Legacy Maverick develop in modern, where you get this fun creature toolbox deck, or do you think it's just going to be miserable? Everyone getting Primeval Titans and making Amulet Titan even more more miserable and broken the latter it's gonna be way more miserable titans are just gonna go flying everywhere green decks doing green things already is annoying but then this will just only like do we need to make green better i guess is my question like why are we making green better because green is not that good <laughs> oh yeah yeah you're right you're right it you're actually right. That's, isn't that that's... good in modern <laughs> like it's actually what? pretty far down the meta 
Like that, all the good it, stuff you know is what? the band, right? The Oko, the Uros, darn right the Okos, they they, they're all gone. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie to you. I don't feel bad about it one bit. I don't want to see Green get good. Because so, so, when Green so you gets can, you good... You can Green Sun Zenith, a primeval titan, and you can Green Sun Zenith, uh, basically, like, the 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 core, the company decks, essentially, right? Like, that, that'd be another yep. home for them. Would it be bad? I, I don't actually know. Like... Yes. Titan Titan is what scares me. I think like the company decks would be perfectly fine. I don't think there's any like most of Aren't the, the company are... decks worse though. It's like a faster combo than a Titan, right? <sighs> but you you can only get green creatures. So you uh, I, a lot of the common combos like you can't get Heliad Walking Ballista. You can't get Vizier Remedies to go with your Devoted Druid. So a lot of the most popular creature combos this just doesn't get your combo pieces. But Titan that that is Titan. the only thing I care about. I, I kind of here's what I would like to see happen. I'd like to see us unban Green Sun Zenith because I really would love to have like a creature toolbox deck in modern. I think that would be sweet. Like if you look at Legacy Maverick, that's like, oh, I'll get my Knight of the Reliquary, get my Gaddic Teague or whatever, my Thrag Tuss. Seth, like, are you trying yes. to put Siege Rhinos into play, <laughs> Seth? Get my, yes, I'm going to get my my Siege Rhino like it's 2015 again. Uh, <laughs> but I think that would be sweet. I do think it would just break Amulet Titan, though. I almost hope they yeah. unban it. Realize that it breaks Primeval Titan and then just unban Primeval or just ban Primeval Titan. I think I'd rather have Primeval Titan ban and Green Sun Zenith legal than vice versa, honestly. Green Sun Zenith is really I good agree. though. Like because it acts as one mana ramp, right? Like you you ramp up Dryad Arbor or you ramp up a birds and it finishes your combo for you. So like Ah, sweet, sweet Richard. You know that's already going to happen next set for one man, right? <laughs> Green Sun is going to like, like. I, I'm more worried you, about you the, should already the, expect basically that. the birthing pod decks. Uh, is that is that a concern? Like basically the company decks and stuff like that. Uh, Titans, eh, eh, just ban a Titan. <laughs> Titans are the ones that are more likely like, like, to you happen, can ban right? Titan uh, yeah, kill yeah. that deck, right? Whereas you can't. Like the whole part, like the whole reason this and Birthing Pod were banned is like we can't just keep banning every green card ever printed as much as Crim would like. So they, they ban that we part should. of it, right? <laughs> but for Titan, you can just ban Titan and that deck is done, right? But if you unleash Green Sun Zenith, will you just keep banning every value green creature they ever make ever again, right? That's the that's the question. <sighs> I didn't I didn't have this one on the list, but since you mentioned it, what about Birthing Pod? I've seen Birthing Pod be a card people have been talking about. Kind of similar to Green Sun Zenith is a green card that lets you tutor creatures out of your deck. Uh, do you think we can unban Birthing Pod today? Yes. Everything has artifact removal attached to it, like we had mentioned earlier. So now you can just blow it up pretty easily. Slow. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. does seem very slow. <laughs> You're probably dead to a Ragavan <laughs> by the time you activate it. <laughs> It does get Gobbite, you can, Karn, you can and Artifact Haven. the Birthing Pod, sacking the monkey <laughs> to go off the chain, right? Ooh. You gotta think of how you use these all together. <laughs> Sack the monkey to get what? <laughs> if the whole... It, in Unban world that we just mentioned, everything is one mana. You <laughs> like, nah, I'm with the monkey. I'll favor. I'll just keep it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep the treasure. All right, Krim, this one, this one's for you. Ponder and Preordain, two blue cantrips that have been banned since very early in modern. The reason for the banning, uh, according to Wizards, is they felt like it powered up combo too much. Storm decks having the cheap cantrips to find their pieces. Are we at a point now where these cards, at least one of them, I don't know if you'd want to unleash both of them at once, but do you think we could unban one of these blue cantrips? Not Ponder. I do not think we can unban Ponder. Really? I think we can, uh, we can try Preordain, maybe. 
Uh, but like, yeah, like I don't, I actually still think that these might be a little too powerful. Not, not preordained, but ponder is just too good. Or what decks? Like storm Wait, decks? For, for every, for it's everything. Just like in <laughs> for everything that, decks? Yeah. Yeah. Murktide region decks will gladly play some ponders, right? Like, and the last thing we need is for them to get better. And like, like the, the one mana, it would, would it probably, would it replace the uh, the new is it spell cantrip spell? Oh, I mean, people or, play no, serum no, no. visions. I don't you just straight up throw that garbage out. Oh right? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> never mind. They have serum visions. If if they serum. play serum visions, that goes forever. But so serum visions will never get played again. But I I do think that ponder is consider, way too good. Considers your next cut, you could can cut as well. Oh, not, yeah, consider. I think consider honestly in a lot of the decks that play it would probably be better than preordain that probably sounds crazy but i think like dumping a card in the graveyard with murktide and dragon rage channeler is yeah. actually like really really powerful so i don't know if like murktide would actually cut consider it might play some preordains with consider but i think consider is actually well, really good but ponder like I, i'm wondering oh, ponder ponder, ponder yeah uh, i i ponder is kind of a non-starter for me i think if we want to try a blue cantrip in modern i would say try and bidding preordain and see yeah. what happens i don't think you want to start with ponder because ponder is definitely the better of the two i think the argument in favor of unbanning it is a uh, certain visions doesn't see much play anymore even the murktide decks a lot of them are only playing like two copies and then the other homes are like the combo decks that wizards was worried about but like storm ad nauseum jeskai ascendancy these are all like tier three decks at the moment i never play against so very very rarely do i play against those decks so sure a slightly better cantrip would improve like storm or ad nauseum but i feel like they maybe are low enough in the meta right now that a little improvement might be fine like that might actually not be a harmful thing to modern i, I think they should bring both of these back and like if storm is a problem just ban storm right like i think you need this like if someone monkeys <laughs> yeah. right you need to take the monkey hit and then ponder into your answer to remove the monkey right that that is your counterplay right <laughs> like so i i think having these like strong cantrip spells are good and if storm is too good then just hit a storm card but we don't have any good cantrips in modern that is that is true. I would like to see us try at least one of them. Well, speaking of dealing with Monkey, how about a card that directly deals with Monkey? Punishing Fire. When I read this one on the ban list, it kind of makes me laugh. Punishing Fire, two mana shock. Except if your opponent gains life, you can pay one red mana and return it to your hand. It combos with Grove of the Burn Willows, which can force your opponent to gain life uh, to give you every turn for the low, low cost of three mana and giving your opponent a life two damage. A, a three mana repeatable shock. <laughs> it's modern. It's a three mana repeatable shock. Is that, I'm dead by the time I activate this a single time. Is this actually a thing to worry Wait, about? It so the reason it's banned right? is it's it can lock small. It's two mana, right? Well, you have to, well, you pay one grow. to get it back oh, to your hand yeah, yeah, right. and then two to, yep, yep. two to cast it. So, so it can lock small creature decks out of the game, which was Wizards' original justification. They, I think they mentioned uh, name dropped Merfolk, <laughs> worried that the Lord of Atlantises would not be able to keep up with punishing fire we need around to ban a lot more things for that to yeah. be really good again. Yes, so. we, we got a ways to go to make Merfolk good. But what do you think is is this a scary card because it's repeatable, or is it a laughable card because it's three mana for a shock? Uh, it's definitely laughable, I think, at this point. Now, I, 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 I don't see the issue in it, right? Like, yeah, sure, maybe, maybe the exact little creature decks now start also playing it, but whatever. <laughs> like, it's modern. <laughs> I'm not surprised by this card at all. I, I, it actually does not seem like even that good. Well, I, I think it's too good. I mean, it, it's not too good in absolute, like, if you, if you 
So where would you put this? You put this in right. Jund, right? You you play Punishing Jund. And you're not going to win any more games against like combo decks or Titans. But you basically lock out every single small creature deck. Because like all you need is like two cards, right? And uh, you, know, you can even pitch to Liliana and stuff like that if you're even playing Liliana, but you can just lock out like, a burn deck or something, right? You you kill you kill their Swift Sphere, you kill their Goblin God, you just don't waste any cards. So that is the problem with this card. I think in the meta sense, it's okay. Like, Jun's not going to be too good, but you just really punish like anything Lives up to the name. a one-drop. I yeah. mean, <laughs> it is literally punishing fire. Yeah, uh, yeah I... I tend to lean towards it being okay, just because when I think of modern, I'm thinking of like, I'm dying to Primeval Titan on turn three. I'm getting hit by Colossus Hammer on turn two. I have an eight eight Murktide staring me down on turn three. Like, what am I gonna do with the Punishing Fire? But I do think what you're saying does make sense, Richard. Like, you guarantee no one will play a one drop Elf ever again, right? Because their whole deck is removed by this one card. Yeah, that that is a concern, is that there are certain decks where this would just probably push them out of the meta, and I guess that might be that might be end up being a negative. It does answer monkey though really slowly. <laughs> it deals with Luris too, which yeah. is nice, but uh, all right, next next up, we gotta get through a couple more and we're we're getting short on time, but these are good ones that we gotta get to. Next up, Splinter Twin. The card that there's been the most conversation <laughs> about. Free twin, unbanned twin. Is it time to finally make it happen? It's it's been so long since I even thought about Splinter Twin, but you know what? <laughs> I maybe because of the deck and the way that it played, I think I think that it, that it's it's totally fine if it got unbanned but i still want to see it banned what do you think richard is it too good is the deck going to be tier one and if, if it is tier one is that too bad i don't the stifles creativity and deck diversity uh comment though does that does that even or does it even hold up anymore like i think so, i don't know because like so what do you do right you just like okay what would you do today you would play monkey okay and then you would hit him and if they have no interaction, you would splinter twin them right there, like the next turn. <laughs> Splinter twin the, the monkey, get two monkeys. <laughs> like, like the annoying thing is like you play monkey, you mana leak whatever they play, and then you, you, you twin, right? And then that's it. That's the game, right? Maybe it is too strong. Maybe it was okay before monkey was a thing, but now monkey is in the deck. <laughs> so now it's like too much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that- I think the combo itself is fine. Like, there's so many more answers today. When this was banned, I actually looked it up. John literally was playing Putrefy. Like, Putrefy <laughs> in a modern deck, like a top-tier deck. Uh, now every deck has, like, one mana ways to kill this. Unholy Heats and Fatal Pushes. Those cards didn't exist. Uh, Solitudes back when Splinter Twin was a thing. So I think the actual combo, perfectly fine for modern. My concern is that Is It Shell is just busted. Like, I think you could take Is It Murktide, drop most of the creatures replace it with the twin package and it would just immediately be a top tier deck not because twin is so good but because expressive iteration unholy he archmage's arm force negation consider like all the stuff around it is just so so strong so that's what makes me worry about the power level of twin not that twin is too powerful just that is it is so powerful it has just such a ready-built home to slot into well force negation is a big problem too right because now they can just back up their twin combo well, well like not on their turn only free on your opponent's turn so it doesn't yeah. actually right. back so it up that, that's the time you want to kill the creature though right when they're tapped low right uh, yeah if you're but trying to now kill you're gonna step. wait for them 
yeah, now you got to wait for their turn in which they've untapped their mana and can fully protect the, the thing now, right? Yeah, I, but uh, solitude. This, I'm, I'm really on the fence. But solitude, solitude. pants is pants the idea of even trying to play splinter twin and i guess that's true we, we have the free removal too and force of negation is an answer to twin itself like you can force of negation the twin coming down <laughs> on the creature yeah but that's just for the mirror match <laughs> <laughs> uh all right one more one more card and this one i gotta ask you about richard because you're uh, our one of our legacy experts and also our equipment expert umizawa's jite never been legal in the modern format we're going back to kamigawa is it time for the most infamous card from original Kamigawa to get some run in modern? Oh, this card is never safe. <laughs> really? Like, I think I think it's the same thing as Punishing Fire, right? Like, okay, like half the time you'll just do literally nothing and it will it's like a waste. You sideboard this thing out, right? Like it does nothing for your matchup. The other half of the time, the game is unplayable for the other person, right? If you're playing any creature deck, right, and you have a GTA, you're going to win. Right? It's a must remove on the spot. You can't chump block you can't do anything right as soon as you're into combat like it's getting counters so i think it's too strong like either it does nothing or it totally wrecks the other side and i don't think that's that's good what do you think Krim? yeah like creature matchups will <laughs> well there there won't be creature matchups if gta exists well there is the, the lures mirrors right we, we, when we play oh, monkeys boy. against each other oh, right? whoever has oh, the gta boy. is gonna win <laughs> or when you hit your opponent's gta off your monkey yeah. Like, I mean, I do think that this card, th this one to me is more problematic and more punishing than actual punishing fire. Yeah, it is way more. Like, th this card just means that you, you actually will never have a creature, right? Like, punishing fire is still, I gotta give you a life, you know, get the card back and, you know, get around graveyard hate, which everything has attached to it now. This, like, yeah, there's a lot of artifact hate, but the counters just sit there and they can do it whenever. And it's so good. It's so good. And then it's also like hilariously funny against burn because you could gain life, I think, if you wanted. Uh, like it, it, the legend rule doesn't exist anymore. So I can't just play a GTA to blow up a GTA. Um, and that, and that was what I was doing back when it was in standard. So I, I don't think this card can exist ever. Stonefort scares me. I think that's oh, the problem. Yeah. Like the fact that you can play this as a one of in your Stoneforge package and tutor it up consistently and it wrecks the small creature decks like that is a concern. The opportunity cost of playing is just so low in a Stoneforge deck. On the other hand, like, I don't know when I think about like Calder complete and my opponent playing a Stoneforge, I'm kind of hoping that my opponent tutors up a Jitte and is going to try to like play it and equip it and attack with it to get a counter and start doing things rather than just like putting a Calder complete into play and like just wrecking me. So it is kind of slow, ah, but I think ah, <laughs> this is how you know. can tell Seth has never played like a, a Lawnmower <laughs> Elf in his life. <laughs> like here's the beauty of the card, right? Like if your opponent's playing Lawnmower Elf, you take the GTA, the game is over for them, right? If they're not playing it, then you take College Complete and try to race them before they combo off on you, right? Like yeah. that's the and flexibility of Stoneforge. Yeah, so I think if Stoneforge wasn't in the format, I would lean towards yes with Stoneforge. Uh, it makes me a little nervous. With Stoneforge, it's a huge definitely not. Without Stoneforge, I think Even I would still, Stoneforge. yeah, I, I still wouldn't want it. All you would end up is with, like, just degenerate combo decks because no one can play a creature at all, <laughs> right? Like, you just cannot do it, like, between Fatal Push and Unholy Heat and, like, people playing Death Shot. Like, small creatures have a hard time today. Like, throw a GTA in there, like, they're getting nowhere. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, so those those were the, the modern man list cards I wanted to talk about. Definitely let us know if you're uh, watching on YouTube or tweet at us uh, if you want to. What, what do you think about these cards? Uh, like I said, I got an article coming up this weekend in a video going through the whole man list, so check that out. But we'd definitely love to hear what you think, uh, audience, about all these cards. But anyway, before we wrap it up today, Richard, got a couple fish mail for us? Yeah, but I have a question for you, Seth. When was the last time we did Unbanned Modern? What what does Splinter Twin versus Jund in 2021 look like? Ooh, we should have, have we done it recently? When was the when was the most recent time we've done this? It's been like a year or two. We did uh, an unbanned twin thing uh, for Go Magic, so maybe maybe we got to try some unbanned modern. That would actually be super fun. Yeah, I, I actually curious if you just take the is it shell and throw splinter twin in there if it could just run the gauntlet on everything because <laughs> like monkey and splinter twin oh we, we can good with a ponder in there oh it's gonna be so good we we can do it streamer video let's let's do it that'd be super sweet all right uh all right fish mail time if you have questions send them to at mtg goldfish with the hashtag mg fish mail we'll get to your questions on air b ganger three if wizards printed reverse shock lands Dual lands where your opponents gain life. How much life would the opponent have to gain for them to be balanced? Five. Oh God, that was the first number that popped into my head, and that might even be conservative. I, th- I think five is acceptable, right? I mean, I'm curious now. Also, like with that, does Reign of Gore <laughs> like get playable? Ooh. Like, Ooh. like you go Rakdos burn these lands, <laughs> Reign of Gore. <laughs> maybe it'd have to be your opponent may gain that amount of life or something like that maybe you got to give him the option to not overpower Reynagor. my concern would be like control decks uh combo decks that when they win they're gonna win by so much it doesn't matter they're yeah. not gonna win with damage then they're just kind of like a free roll like if you're trying to beat down with creatures five is probably fine like that's actually a drawback but there's some decks that just don't really care about the opponent's life total and none of those would be like the best uh, the best land since the uh, original dual lands honestly I, I don't know how you would balance it like so i think aggro decks would never play it <laughs> you would always just play shock lands right but control decks yeah they don't care so they, they, they'll pay any amount of, it could be like 20 life they'll, they'll still play it right so <laughs> no no you 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 gotta you gotta i just okay maybe they'll errata it but i just want to see a world where reign of gore spikes up to like five hundred dollars or something like that can, can you just imagine how good that would be oh my god all right uh one more question john hardy Wizard's position is to not acknowledge the secondary market to avoid legal risk. The Secret Lair program began uh, as a B2C alternative slash revenue stream. Are Secret Lair prices influenced by secondary market? If so, what are the implications? Everything Wizards does is influenced by the (laughs) secondary market. They literally have economists on staff who are trying to figure out the most optimal way to reprint things and print things so Wizards can make the most money possible. There's a misconception here. Basically, Wizards doesn't publicly talk about or acknowledge the secondary market, but that does not mean they do not use the secondary market uh, to inform their decisions. I would argue the secondary market is the very like foundation of everything that Wizards does, from pricing to product design to reprints. Uh, so yeah, like that's that's a misconception. They just don't talk about it, but they certainly use it uh, a lot. Yeah, I don't know how this like legal loophole exists. Like if you just look at it, like clearly <laughs> they, they assign value to this, and especially with Secret Layer, they're assigning value to it, right? Uh, but you know, in the eyes of secondary price market and stuff, like legal things 
they're like, nah, we, we don't know. Like these are just this is just a mythic and this is just a rare. Right. So I, I don't know how they dance around this or what they're doing, but yeah, they obviously know what they're doing with um, you know, collector boosters and master sets and secret lairs and throwing shock lands into all your unsets to sell them. Like there's clearly a price that they assign to these cards. Uh all right. So that's all the time we have for questions this week. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. If you have questions, send them to at mtggoldfish with the hashtag mtgfishmail. Get to your questions on air. And I believe that brings us to the end of episode 357 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So Richard Graham, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we'll be back next week to talk about whatever goes on in the world of magic. So until then, have a wonderful week, everyone. And this is a crew signing out. 